Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Cardinal offense, is struggling. Ooh. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, newly wedded co-host, Ben Samorka. Yo, <laughs> I'm a hubby now. Ah, <laughs> uh, I hate that. Uh, Shout out other hubbies. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> and um, on this episode, uh, among many things, we'll be talking about some recent roster moves, the upcoming playoff picture, and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, ben, it's so nice of you to join us on your honeymoon. Yeah, um, here to record this podcast. Uh, yeah. Clearly, your priorities are straight. Yeah, yeah. All that noise that you hear—that that's clearly the the wind coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, clanging on the the gorgeous chandelier that we have here in uh, Saint Tropez, uh, overlooking the waters. As I am yeah. buttled by a, a very handsome young man. <laughs> it's uh truly a sight to to see um yeah let, let's go ahead and get him on the podcast you want to <laughs> no no ben has chosen his commitment to the show frankly yeah. i'm assuming that's the primary reason uh you all are planning on doing something though right yeah i think we're not going to do something until next year we have uh well first off Cardinals playoff run to pay of attention course. to. I mean, uh, yeah. but yeah, I actually have in uh, in the next like six weeks, I have to go to Brooklyn for a wedding, and then I have to go to California for a wedding. So we're doing we're doing a wedding in the middle of the country, and then on either either coast, and then I think uh, the stupid holidays come, and then maybe I can have some time with my wife. My wife. I <laughs> uh, whenever uh, I got married in 2015, and. I Borat was still way out of the picture at this point, but yeah. it was still slightly more in the picture in 2015. <laughs> and I, it got to a point where Molly was like, can you say my wife in a normal way? Because <laughs> all I could do is go uh, my wife. And my wife. it was like, no, I can't. It's a compulsion. Yeah. I had yeah. to actually uh, work on it and I got better. So that's what a heartwarming story. Yeah. I want to make I'm, this about me. I'm so uh, happy you were able to cure yourself <laughs> from your stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard being me sometimes. Uh, it yeah. was a it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, you know, we had a um, we talked last episode about possibly Pujols hitting 700 while yeah. you were uh, you know in holy matrimony, and uh, that was not the case. But I. Uh, we did have, um, I think I told you this, but uh, you may not remember. Um, so Ben and Mary were doing their first dance. So naturally I was looking at my phone <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> thanks pal. And, uh, that game on Saturday night is the one that went into extra innings against the reds. And as your dance was coming to an end, the Cardinals won on an error by the reds. Hey, yeah. So it, you know, it seemed fitting. Which part of that seemed fitting? The the air, the 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 reds, the extra innings, or are you just you just saying the timing? Uh, is, you could start paying attention to the wedding that I invited you out for. 
I mean, that wasn't going to happen either way. <laughs> um, even though I had a part in it, I still was barely there. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, it was the final weekend of my fantasy baseball matchup. I had a lot going on. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, um, but no, it was all joking aside. <laughs> it was a beautiful wedding and thank uh, you. Got thank to spend you. some great time with friends and family on top of a mountain. So yeah. congratulations, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we do have some baseball to talk about though. We just, two things that I think we have to be clear about, you know, I, even though I was staring at my phone the entire time, uh, you know, I was not able to watch the games like I normally do. Cause we were in a low internet mountain. Um, and also I'm really sick now. I don't know if I got it from your wedding or if I got it from my children when we got back. But, um, if you may have noticed, my throat is, uh, not great and I don't normally sound good anyway. So maybe this is an improvement. I feel great. So I blame your, uh, your dirty kids. It's reasonable. It's reasonable to blame them. Uh, one of them has started school and it's just a little little nasty freaks. If you ask me, (laughs) Hey, now (laughs) I can say that. Okay. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, so let's jump into the, into, into Cardinal news. Um, I think maybe the biggest thing to happen over the last week, at least for our fandom and the way we have enjoyed this season, um, Nolan Gorman was sent back down to triple a. So yeah. do you think the reason you're not feeling great is because your Gormania is kind of creeping back in because oh, he got sent shit. down? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I do have the telltale pox that comes <laughs> along with, uh, <laughs> with Cormania. I just yeah. completely forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. I mean, one plus one equals two. I think it's the only reasonable it's the only know, answer to what's that, happening. Yeah. I got to get Marmal on the phone. I don't think I'm going to make it much longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's called down, which, I don't know what I mean. What, what do you think about that? Were you surprised? Um, I, I I guess surprise probably isn't the right word. I mean, he had not been hitting great. He has a 661 OPS in the second half. Now, I think, you know, if you're watching the games, he obviously hasn't been starting a lot. I, I looked it up over the past 30 days. He started in 14 games um, and they haven't really been using him off the bench. Um, either in like situations where they, they maybe a lefty batter makes sense. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I guess the only reason I would say I'm surprised is because the Cardinals are in a fairly commanding position as far as the standings and the playoffs and all that goes. So why not give the kid who you're clearly invested in, in the long-term future, a look, uh, a longer look. Um, and you know, we're, we got the Padres and Dodgers right now, some good competition. I would, I would probably lean towards just starting him um, unless you are that concerned with the offense. And I I guess we can talk about that. Um, So I would say moderately surprised. We talked a couple of weeks ago about his uh, struggles with the fastball. And now that I am saying that out loud, we might have talked about that off pod and not on pod (laughs) because we're idiots who just constantly talk about baseball. Um, but, you know, he's struggling with heaters, uh, not a great sign for somebody who you think their approach should be hunting heaters and, and hitting them over the wall. Um, so I 
I, I to try to summate this little meandering thought, I guess I'm not surprised, slightly disappointed, but as long as he's getting regular at bats, I bet it's only going to last for a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him back up really shortly. Um, but also, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a big problem. Um, I think the bigger question is, does this mean that Nolan is not going to be on the playoff roster, assuming everything keeps going the way it got, you know, it, it's headed right now? Yeah, it's an interesting question. It would certainly seem that way. Um, I think that's like I, I've had a lot of different thoughts on this and I've gone back and forth between like just play the guy and also they need to find the ideal playoff lineup right now because the offense has been struggling so much. There's a lot of opportunity and a lot of different lineups that we're seeing right now. And so it's it makes it like he he's barely getting playing time. Doesn't seem like he is a starter. So let's get Yepes back up here, who has been crushing down at AAA. And let's see if he is what he was back in April and May. And then all of a sudden now Yepes might be in your playoff lineup, which I think we might not have said was a likely thing yeah. just a few weeks ago. So, yeah, like I, I guess I want to drill down on that a little bit more as you say you're starting against uh, Mr. or Mrs. right handed pitcher. Um, I guess that person is likely Zach Wheeler. We'll say that we're going to say I'm going to say right now, Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola. Crap. OK, I'm going to say Aaron Nola will be the game one starter for the series against the Phillies. If it all, you know, everything stays the way that it's currently set up. Do you have, do you put Brendan Donovan in at second, start Tommy at short, and then if you get the lead, maybe make make some moves and maybe move Tommy to second, maybe move Brendan off or in the outfield and, and put Paul DeYoung at short? Like, is that the, with Gorman going down, is that your desired optimal infield lineup? I think it has to be, right? Like, we're not starting Paul DeYoung. Right. So if you're not starting Paul DeYoung, so you've got Edmund at short, who else are you playing at second if you don't have Gorman? It's got to be Donovan, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that answers itself when you just look at what your options are. That, that's, that, that is the bet that they are making. Now, that's why I kind of question, like, how long is, is – are they just going to put Gorman down there, let him get four or five at-bats a day, and then bring him up, bring him up for the postseason run? Like – the power is something that, you know, obviously the Cardinals have kind of made their living on this year. And are they going to bet that the kids is going to show up in the biggest time? Do they, I, I, you know, there's a lot of questions. Like it's so funny because this isn't a hundred percent true, but him and Brendan Donovan are almost the opposite player. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously that's not totally true because they're both left-handed. They can both play the infield, but like as far as they're like, on Approach. base skills and, and yeah, 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 in the batter's box, there's such different players. So it's kind of like, do you take your gamble for two or three ABs against Aaron Nola and see if Nolan can go deep, or do you just try to get on base, clog up the bases, and let the big boys do their thing? I mean, I think you have to stick with what's been working for a while now. Donovan, OBP machine, get on base and hope that Goldie and Arenado do what they've done for the vast majority of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I was also thinking, at least for this first series, it's a three-game series. Right. You can carry a lot more hitters uh, than you would normally. So we might see 
both of these guys on yeah. the on the roster, and then it'll just come down to matchups. Yeah, and I, I guess just to I'm I'm gonna just keep following the threads that are out there. Do you think Deluzio is also a playoff roster person? I do, um, simply for that. You know, Terrence Gore, yeah, uh, Adron Chambers. Yeah, remember that oh, guy? Man, wow, good name pull. I've not thought about Adron Chambers in a while. Yeah, I, it's always stuck in my head because someone one time said on Twitter that his name sounds like a Sega level, or I'm sorry, a Sonic level, mm-hmm. uh, or like a Mega Man level, and yeah. that is just oh, forever. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuck on the Adron <laughs> Chambers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're um, right. But yeah, so uh, you know, I think there is a role, especially in a uh, three game series. Yeah, um, if a game goes to extra innings like that speed could change everything even yeah. you know and it already could change everything and just in a normal inning game uh if you get like a yachty on second or something like that it's going to be worth it now yeah. of course the cardinals aren't any aren't short on fast guys but like they also have uh with uh, uh it was in our it was in the discord where you had burleson yachty and Pujols. Uh, like all in a row in the yeah. lineup, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> that is. <laughs> I think um, in the bird scored the uh, saying it was a uh, it's a triple play waiting to happen. So if you've got a uh, if you've got a um, you know a, a intense situation, Deluzio makes a lot of sense to get him in there. But um, I mean, I guess the that's an interesting question too, with just like the outfield as well. Um. You know, if if we have to do Donovan at second and Edmund at short, um, what's your outfield look like? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that's going to be reliant upon who's the starting pitcher, right? Because I think if, and I guess that's also dependent on Mr. Tyler O'Neill's health, which that seems like it's not going to be that big of a deal. But I, I mean, I kind of think you have to have Newt and Dickerson uh, playing the corners if uh, right if if Mr. Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler or Noah Syndergaard are starting I think it only makes sense to load up your lefties against him right just like they drew it up in spring training yeah man Dickerson, yeah, who's, Dickerson and Newt Bar who saw that coming uh, sidebar do you see uh, Bader got you know his back and got a start with the Yankees last night and had a really and- good game very productive game that him scoring from that, like kind of fluttery pop up from second to home. I mean, that's, you know, obviously I think one tear shed out and I, I quickly swallowed it and thought about Jordan Montgomery and was fine. Um, but seeing that play and him slap the ball around Yankee field, uh, Yankee stadium did kind of, I was feeling a little bit wistful and, and, I and know. missing, missing the days of Harry. He looked Bader. like he was having a great time. Yes, he did. Yeah, but the tots uh, are gone. The curls, the, they're all gone. I know why. Yeah, now he's dead to me. <laughs> I just liked him for his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I had to cut my, you know, luscious locks off for your wedding, too. So I yeah, feel we yeah. really forced that upon you. Uh, at Ben's wedding, his little brother threw a packet of hair at the bride and groom, <laughs> uh, and it was awesome. I don't think I should explain anything more than that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's an appropriate amount of detail and we can just leave it there. And now we can talk about, I don't know, Wanya Pez. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess maybe he's, it, it was in head hair. I'll clear was, that part up. It came helpful. from his head. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, well, let me run through some of the the cha- the transactions that happened in the last okay uh, in the last week, and then um, we can go from there when we're talking about the outfield because it's important for this. So Dylan Carlson was activated, and Tyler O'Neill was placed on the ten day injured list for the left hamstring strain. Yeah. I definitely read this. You kind of just mentioned it as like they would have maybe not done this if it was still in the in the uh, pennant race, but that's essentially locked up. And so let him have a break that said still disappointing. It's yeah. like, he can't, you know, I know this happens where guys get hurt. They come back. They're making some minor adjustment because of how they got hurt. And then they hurt something else. And it just feels like that's how this whole season has been for O'Neill. So hopefully he can come back. He's been generally good when he's back. So we just need him back for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it has just been, it's hard to call it a lost season because he has played, but he just has not been able to string together a long set of games without something getting in the way. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, ostensibly the division is locked up. Your spot in the playoffs is essentially static unless, you know, crazy, crazy scenarios play themselves out. And hopefully he can get healthy for when it, the games are really really starting to count again and yeah like you said i i i I, people are bagging on tyler o'neill a little bit you can't control health at first thing and the first part of the the uh season he was just not healthy that he just wasn't performing like he was once he was healthy he was performing like we all know he can um so i'm not worried about that i just man i really hope he can get healthy when when we need him it's such a difference maker it um, is you know between both the defense and obviously what he brings to the to the plate it's, it's such a deeper light up when you have yeah. o'neill after goldie and arenado um yeah and so other move jordan hicks 15 day uh he's got right arm fatigue and neck spasms yeah it's kind of similar to o'neill right just another guy who's just been up and down all year and it, but with at least with you know Jordan Hicks, it hasn't ever been anything where we're like, oh, he might not come back normal from this. It's it's just been little things, and I you know, I, I kind of just look at it as random bad luck. I don't think there's really yeah. much else to to learn, you know, to glean from all this. He was was healthy. He had a weird year, just didn't go his way. He got unhealthy, and now this is happening. I, I think this. I mean, when you're talking about playoff baseball having a Jordan Hicks in your bullpen, even if he is somewhat diminished, I think is a huge win. No, he is something that like, I don't know, two guys in the league can be. Um, yeah. And it's actually neat. three guys. And one of those guys is on the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. So two guys outside of the Cardinals organization can do. Um, and yeah, it's neat. I think is what you just said. It's, yeah. it's, that would be a good thing to have, but I, yeah, hopefully he gets healthy quick. Well, I'm not surprised he has arm fatigue. He throws the ball so dang hard. You know? That's right. I'm watching these games. It says 103. Yeah. My what's arms that? are just watching those. Uh, hey. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> We're doing 80 year old shtick. <laughs> yeah. The cold medicines really. I'm leaning into my danger field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I'm excited to see a pet yeah, back. Yeah. We're kind of circling around these, but um, you know, obviously there's at bats for him. Uh, and at the, the first couple of months of the year, he carried the offense. And I think 
They're just looking for what's that playoff lineup going to be. It's going to be a short series. You yeah. got to get everything you can out of this lineup. The team is going to win on the back of the offense. And there's a lot of different spots up for grabs. Yeah, and I have to imagine, you know, if you are uh, if you are Mosellock or Ali or Gersh, and you're sitting down and you're talking about who's going to give me the better at bat right now, because it seems to be, you know, it's just one for one. It's Gorman for Yepes. Who's giving me the better at bat today? I think the answer has to be Yepes. I'm not sure that's going to be the answer for, you know, the next five, six years. But I think right yeah. now it is. You know, he's going to he's a high contact guy, doesn't strike out a lot. He shows power. He's best friends with Albert. Um, and I think the only thing it's critical, well, I, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I want to pose a question to you when we're kind of breaking down these two players and comparing them. Are you more concerned with Gorman's ability to play second base defensively or Juan Yepes to play corner outfield? That's an interesting question. I guess I kind of see them equal in that yeah. regard. I, I'm not really worried about either of them in those positions, but I'm also not expecting uh, greatness in either of those positions as well. Yeah. I guess maybe like, you know, the right field is traditionally the least important defensive spot, but if you mess it up, the impact can be huge. Whereas right. at second, you know, maybe a little bit less, um, but still, I, I don't even know if I believe what I just said. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I don't really see them as significantly different. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have to imagine, you know, hopefully Yepes will be a mark or two better having played corner outfield for the past almost two months or so. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we will see some improvements. He's so young and new to that position coming yeah. up as a third baseman, first baseman that wouldn't it be surprising if he takes a step forward. I'm not expecting like, him to be Carlson or, or O'Neill all of a sudden or, or Bader or something like that. But if he can not get turned around by a fly ball, that would be good. Um, <laughs> and at the very least, we know he has the arm strength to make up for some of his mistakes. I do like watching him throw from the outfield. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think I agree with that though. Like the bats are, the at bats are going to be better. The defense isn't that much of a tick down. And I, I guess now that I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into this, like if you slide Tommy over to second base, that's a huge upgrade. And I don't know, like Dickerson and Yepes in the outfield might be a one to one to me. Yeah. Um, if that's, you know, the defensive bet that you're making there. It is funny that um, maybe the funny is not the right word, but this is a team that, you know, came in with best defense in baseball and on the infield side, still likely that at least, the combo of Goldie and Arenado and Edmund like is the best in, yeah. the, in the, in the league at the least. Um, but all of a sudden our gold glove outfield has uh, turned into, well, they're not there for their gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've, I mean, they've just, they just haven't been there or got traded. Right. Like, yeah, but yep, that's, that's way baseball go. Yep. Uh, so a few other things, um, uh, Mats is back somehow continues I, to surprise. I, I, I truly have struggled to believe that he is back already. I know with a couple of weeks left, yeah. I thought he was done for the season for sure. Yeah. And, uh, it's good to see him back. I think he can be valuable out of the bullpen. So yeah, we, not, you talked about this a little bit last week. Like 
it, it is basically a rule that when you move a starting pitcher to the bullpen that their stuff plays up. Um, I think Steven Matz has pretty good stuff. If he can air it out for an inning, I bet that's a good pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that middle part of the bullpen middle end, um, uh, you know, basically the setup to Gallegos and Helsley has changed frequently. So just having another contender in there and we'll have a couple of yeah. weeks to see what that looks like. I think it's, it's good. I'll- also, having a lefty in the bullpen that we might be able to rely on is something that hasn't really been there much this year. So, you know, no, uh, all only love to Packy Naughton. Um, <laughs> but I think in the big situation against Bryce Harper, let's say, probably take Steven Matz over Packy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would take uh, Ryan Helsley and Gallegos over sure. any of them. But if you're facing, if you're pulling your starter and you're facing Harper, I'm just really picking on this Philly series because it's it's the one that's most on my mind. Um, I probably want Matts to come in in that situation, yeah. right? Like that's the I move so. you'd make. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, whenever they sign Matts too, he's obviously signed as a starter, and I think he'll be in the starting rotation next year. But from just a uh, like a budget standpoint, one of the things I really liked about the Matts signing is that 11 million dollars a year. Uh, you know, to me, sort of worst case scenario of that signing was that he ends up in the bullpen. And at that cost, there it's not a bad price for a good bullpen arm either. So, um, you know, it's not our money. We don't play that game too much. But, um, you know, it's still nice that it's on a good deal and that the bullpen can still be an effective place for him. Yeah, I think so. I do think that while I would be fine, because hopefully that means that like, I don't know. Tink Hens is starting for the big league club or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would overall be a disappointment if that was Absolutely. his Cardinals legacy, but yeah, I Absolutely. see what you're saying. Yeah. Worst case scenario is still okay. Yeah. You know? So, um, speaking of the pitching staff, um, Wainwright, how are you feeling about Wainwright right now? Wainwright. No Wayne right now. Um, it, I mean, it hasn't been excellent over the past month. Um, it hasn't been like that start that they talk about in 2017 or 2018 when his arm was about to fall off and he was topping right. out at 83. Um, but I think he's got somewhere like a four and a half ERA over his past four starts. He's not really striking people out. He's getting hit pretty hard. Um, I think that, you know, it's fair to ask the question about dead arm, um, I also think it's fair to ask the question of like the Cardinals have been riding this 40 year old pitcher really hard for three years, at least as he, you know, like maybe he should push back a start. Maybe he should get a little break. Maybe he should be fresh for the playoffs. Um, so I don't think he looks super fresh right now. I, I, you know, it's hard to tell exactly what's going on right now, other than he's just not, it it yeah. just isn't going his way. That being said, like to pick on the game last night, which I did, uh, I went down to Stoney's and ate myself some hot wings and um, <laughs> some waffle fries and watched the game on the big TV. Uh, uh, what kind of hot wings? Just like a classic buffalo or pineapple habanero? I, all right, okay. Were, you like good. the you like the like like I whenever I get hot wings, it's like so hard for me not to just get like hot buffalo wings you sure. know and i feel like you're always getting the the other kind 
live life. What are you talking about? You can have you can have wings all the time. Why not get a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Also, I'll mix pineapple it up. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good, sweet and it's spicy. What more could you ask for? <laughs> and I kind of they put them in the same basket with the waffle fries, so I had some waffle fries with some of the sauce. So you on get too. the yeah, it's pretty good. good. Do you, um, do you are you a blue cheese or a ranch guy, or do you just oh way to piss me off? I don't eat any of that shit. I want the <laughs> I want to feel the heat on the wing. All right, I, it's so, fine if I'm gonna dip my carrot or celery in something. I'll dip it in the hot sauce. I'll let other people dip it in the ranch or the blue cheese because I want the heat. Okay, I get it. I'm Asinine. also yeah. I'm I don't feel as strongly as you do about. I've this. never been more mad. I can see. I feel like I need to deescalate. <laughs> I hear you, and I understand you. Yeah, I'm on your side. Uh-huh. Um, but I like the flavor combination of a wing dipped in ranch. It's not about I, the heat thing. I bet you do. But I don't do it most. It's not, it's not a um like every wing thing for me. It's like, ooh, I'll do a little a little mix I up. Also, you know, unless you have the prime receptacle to dip wings, something with a really wide mouth, it is so yeah. obnoxious to dip wings. That's fair. I'm a, yeah. I'm a flat man, okay? How do you dip a, a flat? Yeah, I'm a flat man myself. Um yeah, I mean, I get like, yeah, I'm. It's now often I'm, more, it's often more of a scrape with a flat. You're right. Yeah. yeah. What were we talking about? Adam Wainwright's star. Adam Wainwright. Night. Yeah. Okay. I thought Adam actually looked fine last night, and he got into a little bit of a situation where he had a guy on first and a guy on second, and the Crone Zone comes up, Mister Jake Cronenworth. Um, who I still don't think. The Padres get enough credit for acquiring him for basically nothing from the Rays. Yeah. Um, I know He's he hasn't been, been amazing this year, but he is such a good player. Anyways, he gets beat on a ball, bores in on him super hard. He somehow inside outs it. He must have broken his bat, and it just goes over the third baseman's head, lands in no man's land, and the left fielder can't get it to in time. They score two runs pretty easily there. Like that, I know the Cardinals' offense didn't show up, but that is how it unraveled for Wainwright last night. Like, and, and I guess the point that I'm trying to make is like, it's not like he's been horrible, but he's just not super sharp right now. And I think yeah. that if I was the czar of the Cardinals, um, I would say, let's let's give Wayno a start off. Let's give Dak Hud a start for him or Jake Woodford or one of the other guys. Uh, Liber- it would be Yachty, nice Libertor up again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Pujols. Hey, uh, Kisner got he got some innings then. Let's. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see that, especially, you know, Jack's back. I, I don't think that they would do this with Matt's. I would actually suggest not to do it with Matt's because like I said, I'm shocked that he is even in a major league ballpark after ripping his, uh, knee off. So I don't know. That's, that is my read on the situation. I bet Wayno would say he just needs to figure it out, but I think that we need to, acknowledge and remember that he is the age that he is. And he has pitched. <laughs> um, I think I don't have this number on top, on top of my head, but I almost guarantee you he is top 10 in innings pitch pitched since the 2020 season. I think and it's I more will, than I, that. I I'm pretty sure I've seen the stat too. This is kind of groundbreaking information we bring to this show. I, I'm going to look it up sure while you talk about what I just said. Yeah, I think it's top five, if not like top three. I remember seeing something about that recently uh, from 2019 on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I And I did see earlier today, they're talking about pushing Wayno's start back and giving 
Dak Hud another start uh, just to give him at least an extra day of rest. Uh, I would be fine with what you said going just straight up skipping a start. I suspect, you know, Wayno is a he's he's not a ritual guy. He he, he talked about it in his, uh, you know, his ESPN thing. But like he is someone who I think, you know, really likes routine. And so I'd be surprised if he was really into skipping a whole start. But uh, I, I would I would be supportive yeah. of that. All right. So I looked it up. Do you have a guess? Do you, do you want to make a guess at who's number one? On this list, and I will give you a spoiler. Spoiler. We'll we'll get the Cardinals part out of the way. Adam Wainwright is number two on the list. Okay, innings pitch since twenty twenty. Since twenty twenty, four hundred and fifty six. Hmm. Uh, I was gonna say Wheeler, but he got hurt this year and he missed a little bit of time. Yeah, Wheeler is number seven. Okay. I'll give you uh, number three. While you're thinking, I'll just throw some more names out there. Number three is Aaron Nola, another Philly who is come staring at the Cardinals. Garrett Cole's number four. Herman Marquez is number five. You Darvish, Zach Wheeler, Robbie Ray, Jose Barrios, and Corbin Burns. Okay. What about uh, Woodruff? Woodruff is not in the no. top 20. Okay. I don't know. This is. Well, you're going to you... feel like a dumbass, Nate. Yeah. Sandy yeah, sure. Alcantara. I was going to say that, but I didn't yeah. think he, I, I obviously this year he's, you know, going to win the Cy Young maybe unanimously. Uh, and I was, for some reason I was thinking 2020, he, he wouldn't have gotten yeah. as many innings and he, but yeah, of course that makes, that makes total sense. He is so good. <laughs> it's cool though. And I mean, it's not like he was a Cardinal. No, no. And Marcelo Zuna, Great player, even better person. That's what we oh, always say. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like his baseball, but his uh, off the field activity. Yeah. Real class, class act guy. Yikes. Anyways, uh, uh, that was anyway. so, yeah. So I, I think that only, I only think that makes my point, you know, it gives it more teeth. He is the second most inning pitch pitches since the Demi. Um, and he is well older than Alcantara, <laughs> Nola, <laughs> Cole, Marquez. Hey, uh, not that much older than Darvish, but Wheeler, Ray, Barrios, and Burns. I could keep going. Gossman, uh, Julio Urias, yeah. Jordan Lyles. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, keep going. all of those players are under 30 <laughs> yeah. pretty much, except for Darvish. Um, and so, Cole. yeah, anyways, point yeah. made, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so give the man a break. Give him a break. We were give on a break. A, we were on a break. <laughs> God. <laughs> he should be on a break. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, um, all right. Yeah, let's, okay. We, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get back. Let's on move on. Uh, the only other thing before we head into the next segment, we got to talk about the immaculate inning. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's beautiful. Technically, more, one of the most rare things in baseball when you consider yeah. opportunity, yeah. which is every single inning someone pitches, they have an opportunity yeah. for an immaculate inning. Right. Uh, the the percentage of this happening is more rare than a perfect game. Yeah. And it's a little skewed because obviously a perfect game <laughs> requires way more. Con- but sure. Like, but still, just on a on a percentage of opportunity, this is more rare. And. I, this is so the immaculate inning, just to make sure if you're not familiar with that is that is, uh, nine pitches, three strikeouts, um, by a pitcher. So there's no yeah. wasted pitches and perfect. 
yeah, it's his per. And, and if I remember correctly, because I watched, so this was, I think this was the night of the rehearsal dinner, and I woke up yes in the morning, and I wa- uh, before my wedding, the way I started my day, I said, "Hi, future wife." Pulled up Twitter, and I watched. Yeah, just that. met her. <laughs> I just uh, met her. Yeah. I watched that uh, that inning maybe twenty times in a row. It was because it's. I think when you say immaculate inning. Obviously, that's going to be a dominant pitching performance, right? I don't want to sound like a total idiot when I say it was a dominant pitching performance, but it was as though he was pitching to you and I. I think only one person made contact and they threw their bat at a 102 mile an hour fastball, barely made contact with it and went flying. And then that person promptly got struck out. It was not only was the life on the fastball probably the best I can remember for Ryan Helsley, but the slider was not a, it wasn't like a, Hey, think of my fastball slider. It was disgusting. And he was throwing it in the zone and professional hitters were waving at it helplessly. It was, yeah, it was aesthetically one of the most pleasing (laughs) baseball things I can think of in recent memory. Please. Yeah, Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's a great little piece of Cardinal history. Only two other guys, Bob Gibson, Jason Isringhausen. Yeah. So that's cool to be in that company. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. It's one of those things that, yeah. you know, I I don't remember the Isringhausen one. It was 2002. Right. So this is really the first one that I have seen from a Cardinal. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I think, you know, we all know like reliever variability is, is wild and, and Helsley might have a terrible night tonight, but man, if there's anything to it and if he is kind of finding his rhythm and, and feeling good and strong and healthy in this, like a Ryan, a good Ryan Helsley, which he has been all year. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but a, a really good Ryan Helsley going into the playoffs is one of those, you know, next level yeah. weapons that are, you can't find on other teams. It would be really, really good. It I mean, shortens the game considerably because you assume yeah. you're probably going to be able to throw them every night. Yeah, most of these guys are not going to take the you know take a night oh, off, no. especially in a three game series. And so you just need to get. Uh, and Gaius has been pretty good too, so you really just need to get through seven. Uh, you know, it's like the. It makes me think of the Royals' path yeah. to victory way back. You know, they just need to get through five or six, and then give it to the bullpen, yeah. and it's done. And and the Cardinals can actually hit the ball over the wall, so even even a better formula. But yeah, we'll we'll see. But um, we'll see. To that inning again, like if you haven't yeah. seen it, go watch it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Be- it really is. It really is. <sighs> uh, I'm gonna pause real quick. Yeah, I need to go like sneeze and pee real quick, and then. All right, well, we still have a few things to talk about, but before we get to those, we want to remind all of our listeners that we are supported on Patreon. If you like the show, want to support us, see it grow, and connect with some other fans of the show, other Cardinal fans, consider subscribing at patreon.com slash talkingaboutbirds. Subscribers of any level get access to our private Discord server. We call it the Bird Scored. We're having a great time in there. Uh, again, patreon.com slash talking about birds, shout out to our patrons and anyone who's thinking about joining. We truly, truly appreciate it. You can also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps. Uh, it helps us show up better in various search bars and (laughs) 
<laughs> in your house. What are you? What are you? I, 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 <laughs> we're right behind you. Yeah. Don't look behind you. Or do. Hi. Weirdo. <laughs> um, <laughs> ben, why don't you tell people where they can find us uh, online? Yeah, you definitely can find us online, not in your house. I promise that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. And as usual, you can email us questions, thoughts, musings to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Per usual, um, I, I suggest that you reach out to Nate directly. Uh, Nate did run some of the sound for our wedding, and he did an immaculate job. Ryan Helsley-esque. Oh, um, yep. not only was he jamming the tunes out, which, uh, is something that I, uh, hold very close to my heart. Um, while I was walking down the aisle, he was wiggling his pelvis, uh, at me <laughs> and I gave him finger guns. So if that's the kind of performance you want. Call me. It, it was an immaculate, uh, immaculate pelvis thrust. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> And again, that email is talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. All right. So we, we've been, uh, <laughs> yikes. All right. We've been talking about it already a lot. So uh, the Cardinal magic number is six. The Cardinals could conceivably, if not likely, clinch the division in between this episode and the next episode. Yeah. So... Hooray. Uh, well, I mean, with the Brewers playing the way that they are, that, you know, that six is going to disappear very quickly. Right. Yeah. So um, huge. I mean, this has been a long season, a lot of ups and downs. I'm really looking forward to celebrating. Uh, do you want I love watching the like after the like celebrations oh. down in the in the dugout or 100 percent. I, I feel like yeah. it is one of the few times on like a televised event where you actually get to see the players be themselves. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think, especially with having Goldie on the team, um, really ever since that's happened, seeing Goldie like pour beer and champagne and like smile yeah. and be gregarious with his teammates is something that I would honestly, I would pay money to see because yeah. it's, it's something you don't see very often. And then of course you have like, well, I guess we'll miss Bader. Bader was one of the best, but I yeah. feel like Newt Barr is Newt's going gonna... to really shine in the, uh, the beer shower this year. Yeah. Uh, Arenado is probably just going to be vibrating so hard that he (laughs) he levitates for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, and you have to imagine like it's going to be pretty emotional. I I know that they'll say they're focused on the playoffs and they want to keep going, but you have to think it's going to be a pretty emotional moment for uh, Yachty and Albert. You know, like this is their kind of last hurrah, and they did what they have been saying they set out to do all season. They are highly likely almost guaranteed to make the playoffs right now. And that, I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty huge and win the division, which I mean, I guess with the new format, you could, you'd prefer to win the division and have this one of the top two records, Yeah, but it is what it is. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, your goal is to win the division and, and that's what they did. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting, but of course a million knock on woods, you never know the Braves. Anything could happen. Yeah. Anything, anything could happen. So, uh, but as we said before, if, if everything ends the way it is today, and I think if you were betting, this is the most likely outcome, although it could change. Uh, the Cardinals will play the Phillies, and then winner of that series will play the Mets. Yeah. Uh, which I guess I'll take, you know? Yeah. Um, it's I hard think... to pick your it's hard to pick your poison, right? Like every team is gonna be good. 
Yeah, I will. I will say I'm definitely um, in between. Well, I, I'm happy that they're not going to be playing the Braves because the Braves are very good. Yeah. Um, I do think the Mets are obviously very good, but I think the Braves are better if you look at many things. But I, I, I think the Braves' power is something that would potentially scare me, especially if you're playing games in Truist Park, maybe less so at Bush Stadium. Um, and I think their lineup is just so deep. And I think the Mets lineup is fine and dandy. They just aren't ball over the wall type team. And with the Cardinals pitching and defense, you could see their approach really not working that well for them. Those balls in play turning into outs, you know, with with the plus defense alignment and the ground ball approach from the pitchers. But before we even get there, I, I do think, you know, it, like, like Nate said, it, it's almost guaranteed unless something crazy changes that it's going to be the cards versus the Phillies. And I think I am generally okay with that. We were already talking about, you know, the Phillies starting rotation, especially in a three game series. And I imagine it would play out Nola Wheeler Syndergaard. I don't think, you know, they would make any adjustments to that unless there's some weird, you know, delay in games or something. And they want to do Nola I mean, on maybe- short. Maybe Wheeler, number one. I think generally they've considered Wheeler their ace, but he's also yeah. just coming back from injury. So, yeah. Um, but either way, that, I mean, that part scares me. Um, but we've talked about this all season on this podcast. The Phillies are basically the opposite. They're bizarro world Cardinals. They cannot play defense to save their life. Uh, luckily for them, they picked up um, uh, Edmundo Sosa. So they they have a little bit of defense at short now. Um, but I think I generally like that matchup, not to mention the Phillies have been kind of not winning over the past weekish. Um, now that could change. And also, I guess I'll note that Bryce Harper is one of the best baseball players in the world. Um, and they do hit the ball over the wall. So well, they've got Schwarber. So just having yeah. like flashbacks to 2015. Yeah. You know, and 2016. So I, I mean, obviously all these teams are good, but I do think if I had to pick a team out of the the group, the Phillies would be my ideal team to play. And I guess this is the benefit of getting that third seed over the fourth seed with the Padres kind of limping into the playoffs right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think once you get past the Dodgers, Braves and Mets, you can make an argument for any of these teams being like a good matchup for the Cardinals um, or at least like, better than those three. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, the Phillies should be a fun series. There's a lot of history between the Cardinals and Phillies in the playoffs. So I look forward to it. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see a Jordan Montgomery complete game. Shout out. That would be nice yeah. deal. Sign deal. me up. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a bite. Uh, anything else? I, I, you know, I feel like we, we covered a lot of this earlier in the episode, but anything else for the playoffs that you want to talk about? No, no, I, I do think it's important to note, like, I guess just to back up why we are kind of arguing that it's probably going to be the way that it is right now. So we have, it's, uh, two more games the day that, or there's a game tonight as we record against the Padres game tomorrow, tomorrow, the day this episode comes out against the Padres three games against the Dodgers and then six games in a row against the pirates who are obviously dead as a doornail. Um, and I will expect the Dodgers to, uh, not be putting out their full lineup. So I expect the Cardinals to not win out the rest of the season, but have an over 500 winning percentage for the remainder. And then, you know, they, they would 
he said the only way that they could change their position is if the Padres win all their games and the Cardinals lose all their games or somehow uh, the Braves fall um, in in the standings, which I don't think it's going to happen because that that might be the team that I'm the most afraid of, as you have uh, picked up from what I was talking about. Um, But yeah, no, I I think uh, we, you know, I was just looking at the bird scored earlier when we had a stop down and I, I think, I agree with the overall sentiment that was talked about. Like the new playoff system is stupid. Um, it is, I think, a bit of a failure. Failure that you win your division, still get in a wild card round, a three game round uh, for winning your division. Yeah. Now, I, I also understand the argument that you are people would say that the Central is weak, but the Cardinals are very likely going to have ninety plus wins. That's not a bad team, um, right? I don't know, but it is yeah. what it is. I mean, ultimately, I'm glad there's no more one game playoffs in the baseball yes. in baseball playoffs. That was so counter to the entire like ethos of baseball. So yes. I, you know, I'm supportive of that element of it. But yeah, in general, I wish that there was more of a prize for all of the division winners. Um, but I guess yeah, maybe this would feel a lot different if it was when the Cardinals won like 83 games or whatever sure. to win the division. Sure. You know, um, but yeah, so. Uh, let's move on and get into our next segment. We're going to talk about some of the uh, stuff that's happened around the league. A lot of lot of big news this week. Aaron Judge hits number sixty. That was all when I was you know knee deep in my pineapple wings last night. I was also <laughs> watching that game, and I kind of said you know I was, I was with a couple of people and I was like, all right, here is you know Judge's last chance to do it. He had not had a great game, and then. I, I don't I do not understand why teams keep pitching to him. It seems I'm beginning to believe it's a conspiracy theory. This dude is just getting meatball after meatball after meatball. It is bizarre. The pitch that he hit out last night was right down the middle. Um, and then I, we, you know, that game was still on the television. Then they, uh, the pirates went on to load the bases fully Yankees. And then Giancarlo comes up and hits a 111 mile an hour line drive out of the ballpark to win the game. Um, Pirates are bad. Yankees are good. Um, But anyways, back to the Aaron Judge story. I mean, he seems like he is going to break. He might break uh, 62 by the time this episode comes out. He might hit two tonight. He's just been on fire. You know, this doesn't really mean that much, but it is still a ton of fun. He's now leading in all the Triple Crown stats. Yeah. So, you know, he might. This, I mean, we're we're seeing a Barry Bonds level season. The the fact that he has sixty home runs and he's leading the league in average is completely insane to me. Especially like this isn't like Judge's, you know, Judge has been in the league for a minute. He's about to be a free agent. Like he has just turned a new gear, not only in power but also in average. That that blows. He's yeah. Beating Luis Arias, whose entire approach is like copying Tony Gwynn and Ichiro, yeah. and he's also hitting sixty home runs. It's it's and he plays a serviceable center field. I mean, I know yeah. they didn't want him to be in center field, but like the fact that he can even be out there is it's incredible. Yeah, I do wonder how many much of his defensive metrics are helped by just the fact that his wingspan is like twelve feet long, like. Yeah, now, obviously that's a skill set and he can use it, but I, I'm curious, like he's just, you can't hit the ball over him. Being nine feet tall. You yeah, know, definitely helps. Yeah. Um, next thing, this just came out. This is hot off the press, Nate. 
I don't know if you're oh. ready for this. Oh, Dayton Moore, 16 years with the uh, with the Royals organization, gets fired today. We're as we're recording um, out of the uh, president of baseball operations role. Um, kind of shocked by it. I mean, yeah, I saw. I did see that. You know, I've always got my ear to the ground. Yeah. And uh, I see. I like to keep my finger on the pulse. Oh, okay. Well, that's why we, you know, we've got everything covered. Right. Ground, pulse, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, any time a guy like this, you know, this is like Mozeliak getting fired, but without the consistent track record of success of Mozeliak, but a guy that you kind of think is just entrenched. And it is always interesting to me, the timing of them to do something like this. Yeah. Like, why now? I guess just so they can roll into the offseason. And like kick off that search without having to do this. But I, I don't know. It's very I, surprising. I look at it like the, the Rangers GM getting fired, though. It's like, what were your expectations for this year's team? If you're now firing this person, I have to assume it's performance based. Like, obviously, the Royals, they made some changes to their team, but they were nothing short of God awful. Arguably one of the worst teams in the league. Like what? Was your self-evaluation where you're like, nope, Dayton didn't do a good job. He's the problem. Bye. Well, and it can't even be just this year. I mean, he's the president of baseball operations. Like this had, this has to be, you know, the, the multi-year slump that the, that the Royals have been in, but I don't know. They've got some good young players. Like I, they, they definitely weren't going to compete next year, but Bobby Witt looks like a superstar. MJ sure. Melendez looks like a superstar. Like they've got pieces and it's not like the AL central is crushing it right now. Um, so yeah, I was surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah. They are bad though. They, they've been basically as bad as the tigers have been this year. And yeah, that's, that's really bad. Um, in other news, our uh, friend of the pod, Buster Posey, joins the San Francisco Giants ownership group, which I thought was interesting. We just don't see players going into ownership very often, but I think I mean, kind he's, of a cool he's move. Mr. Giant, right? He so. is Mr. Giant. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, cool. Uh, he said he is there to not be pro player, not be pro owner. He's there to be pro baseball. Um, <laughs> so he's there to play the game the right way. He's going to show yeah. up early, stay late. He's a real gym rat. Going to give 110%. Yeah. Play hard the nine. Odds? He's going to get the, the back nine. <laughs> what are the odds that he plays next year? <laughs> uh, zero. I think yeah. that dude is loving life. Yeah, I'm he's, sure he is. He's going to be Hall of Fame and he's like younger than us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't remind me of that. Um, yeah. Canada is dropping their VAX requirements September 30th, which is conveni- conveniently around playoff time. Um, so. You know, if uh, if you were a Cardinals fan who was worried about the Bird vs. Bird World Series, don't worry. Nolan and Paulie can go up north now. Uh, Yay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, but, you know, that's it definitely has baseball implications. I don't I don't know yeah. who, you know, who that affects directly on various teams. We know the Yankees are all vaxxed because they made it that travel work this year. But uh, yeah. That, that baseball implications, I guess uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, and the last thing I have here, Framber Valdez sets an MLB record super quietly. I feel like I know the Astros have had a great year um, and they're a very good team, but I feel like he's done this silently. Um, MLB record 25 quality starts in a single season. 
which is amazing. I thought it's pretty incredible. I think it also speaks to the, uh, like I, I like quality start as a stat. I think it's better and more helpful than wins, but you can get a lot of them without necessarily being like a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Right. Um, because if you just go strictly off of six innings, three earned runs, that's a 4.5 ERA. Now, obviously, guys who get a lot of quality starts generally are doing better than that. So uh, you don't see a lot of people with mid four ERAs actually having a whole lot of quality starts. But the point being is that you can get a lot of them if you're if you can go deep into games, you can be reasonably effective but you might not necessarily be a Cy Young contender um and that's what we're seeing with Fran Valdez. and I mean he's he's young too so you have to imagine like this is just the start of probably a really good career for him yeah it's it's kind of wild like you know they have you know Justin Verlander on that team they have Luis Garcia who's also very good and very young and he's the guy that kind of takes it over the top like that I don't know pretty impressive the Astro Honestly, Nate, other Thank than you for the Dodgers, I want to be honest with you for a second. I, th- I think you have to say the Astros are the best team, in ba- the second best team in baseball. Yeah, I think it's and obvious with the Dodgers pitching health right now. I could, I think I could make a good argument with Verlander coming back and, and being healthy that it, Astros are just the best team in baseball. Yeah, that's. The the Dodgers just keep finding effective starters, and their lineup is absurd. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the Dodgers bullpen isn't as good, and the yeah. and the uh, Astros is like, yeah. I mean, there's a reason like, why right, these teams keep going to the World Series. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm saying like if yeah. I had to choose, I might go with the Astros. But yeah, anyways. Uh, speaking of records, did you see uh, JP Fireisen? Uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, He was acquired from the Brewers in the uh, Willie Adames trade. Uh, He just set a record because he pitched 24 and a third innings in this season and did not give up a single run. So he has the, it's kind of a weird record, but he has the, the most innings in a single season without giving up a run. Huh? Yeah. Um, now he, he was injured a lot. There's like yeah. a lot of reason why he only pitched 24 innings, but right. still, I mean, it's a record. So I, I have a funny stat like that, that I was reading about before we started, um, kind of in the opposite direction. Did you know, Chris Bryant is only the 11th player in Rockies history to not have hit a home run in Coors field during an entire season. <laughs> That is the opposite of JP Fire Eisen. <laughs> JP was like, I'm not going to play a lot, but when I do, I'm going to be, you know, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Brian's like, I'm not going to play a lot. And when I do, I'm going to be pretty bad. Like, how is that possible? What a bet. What a weird. Uh, the Rockies just can't like catch a break. Cause at the end of the day, I felt like it did make any sense to give up Nolan Arenado and then sign Chris Bryant. But if you take all that out, like, Chris Bryant in cores felt like a, a potentially, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a good signing, like an impactful signing. And then he he's has, I did not know that. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have All any right. more Rockies games left on my uh, calendar this year. We're done with the Rockies this year. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So that'll wrap that. And we'll move into our final segment. We are returning to a, a classic, a favorite game, 
Who is this guy? Who is this guy? All right, we have sound effects ready this time too. Wow. We haven't played this for a little while. Um, So if you are new to the show, uh, I have a uh, a player that was at one point a member of the MLB level St. Louis Cardinals. Um, And I will be sharing stats with Ben that start at very obscure and then get more and more specific. Yeah. And Ben has to make a guess after each one uh, and we'll see how many stats it takes to give before Ben can get uh, figure out who is this guy. I have five total stats. All right. I'm going to I'm going to make a guess before you even start. Jeff Weaver. Nope. Damn it. All right. Here we go. This player was born January 2nd, 1970 in Burbank, California. January 2nd, 1970. Burbank, California. Okay. Um thinking the age is pretty close to what I'm thinking although oh no he's probably this person's older. So I was thinking Jimmy Ballgame at first cuz I know he's from that part of the country but he is Older than that, I think. Oh, no, wait. That might line up, actually. Um, I'm going to guess Jim Edmonds. Nope. All okay. right. Uh, this player had a 17-year career. Okay. And he, he played with, the in no particular order. Okay. The Giants, St. Louis, the White Sox, the Rangers, Colorado, Arizona, Washington, Toronto, and Boston. Oh my God. Okay. When you first started going, I was thinking Will Clark, but no, Will Clark's younger than that or older than that and did not play for that many teams. That's a lot of teams, Nate. Um, could you list the teams off again for me, please? Yes. San Francisco, uh-huh. St. Louis, White Sox, Texas, Rangers, Colorado, Arizona, Washington, Toronto, and Boston. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to just think of players that have that many teams on their resumes and only a couple are coming to mind. I know it's not Edwin Diaz because Edwin Diaz or uh, Edwin uh, Jackson. I mean, um, oh, was yeah. the guy that collected them um, because he was on the Rays and the Cubbies and you did not say those teams. I am thinking of an important trade and I am going to say Octavio Dotel. Nope. Okay. All right. Damn. I will say this one. I've, I was thinking this one's going to be a little more challenging for you. Yeah. So, this defensive specialist led the league in defensive war in 1994 and 1995 before being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. He led in defensive war. That long ago. I man, oh man. Um, There's so many teams that you listed that that should be a big boon. But who is that good that gets traveled, moved around that much? Um, So I'm thinking Adam Kennedy. I don't know if he had a year that that was that good. Also, I don't think he moved around that much. Um, 
but he well, he was a pretty good defender. Mark Gruzelana comes to to mind. He was an extremely good defender, but he did not play that long to get that many teams. But that's around the same time frame. Ronnie Belliard is also coming to mind. Um, I don't think it was him. I don't think he was ever that good of a defender. I think he was just fun to watch play. Um, Tony Womack is also coming to mind. <laughs> Gotta so need you to lock one of these in. I know. I this is this is. Uh, I'm gonna say Cesar Torres. Nope. Okay. All right. This is the furthest I think we've made it into this game. This is stat number four. Yeah. Before Tommy Edmond, he was the last Cardinal to have back-to-back. 30 stolen base seasons. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't, I don't know. Uh, stole a lot of bases. He maybe played for the Cardinals for a very short amount of time. He's born in 1970 in California. He's a good defender. Um, Played all over, I don't know, Peter Borges. <laughs> in 94 too, and 95. Yeah, no. Too, no, I, I have yeah. absolutely no idea. All right, here's the last one. Throughout his career, he earned $32 million. So there's no doubt he could afford this fancy car that shares his first name. Fancy car that shares his first name. I... I will say to be clear, his first name is in the name of this car. Uh, wow. Makes it really easy. Um, <laughs> van baseball player. <laughs> I finally got him. Royce Clayton. Oh, Royce. Yeah. Rolls Royce. Oh, Rolls Royce. Man, that was terrible. I hated that. Yep. All right. I finally got he he's played four years with the Cardinals. All right. Maybe maybe three. I'll yeah. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Royce Clayton. Royce Clayton. Was he drafted by the Cardinals? No, he was traded by the Giants. Um uh, and then man, the, he really the what was I like I don't think I would have got Royce Clayton no matter what, but moving around to that many teams really messed with me, but I don't remember him at all. So Yeah. Yeah, I had neither, but they I, I thought they mentioned him on the broadcast. That Tommy Edmonds stat was the one that um made me remember him. And so I thought I would you know, I thought there was a chance you would have caught that broadcast too, but you hadn't. So no. man, he was a bad base dealer too. He got caught like almost fifty percent of the time. Yeah, well it was the nineties, you know. Yeah. He has two hundred and thirty one career steals and a hundred caught stolen. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, screw you, Royce. Your new least favorite baseball player. Oh, I hate him. Yep. All right, well, that'll do it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. Uh, could be a huge week for the Cardinals as they seek to clinch the NL Central. And uh, we'll be we'll be keeping close to the, to the action because, you know, we always do. Congrats <laughs> again. Congrats again to uh, Ambone over here. And... Uh, Uh, We'll be back next week, as always, on Thursday with another episode. And until then, go Cards. That's my wife.